the Bible. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Amanda Seal Show. Welcome. I just had a little bit of a revelation before we got started. <laughs> the revelation. <laughs> Y'all, okay, so I I am typically a small on top and a medium on the bottom, okay. and I've last, like, for the last like couple smalls that I've purchased that were particularly, like, satin type um, fabric, yeah, like, the arms are too small, and I'm just like, why are they, like, all of a sudden making the arms too small in shirts? And I just had this epiphany, it's like, no, fool, your arms are too big. <laughs> you got medium arms on a, on a small torso. Yeah, that's hard, when your body's, like, shifting. I can't to- have it. First of all, I already had to shift to medium on the bottom, because I've been small top, small bottom for a very extremely long time. And then after uh, the pandemic and just, I don't know. Well, have you not seen that viral video of uh, Janelle Monae? She's like, I'm in my thick season. Like, she was like, at one point, I can't fit into them suits no more. <laughs> and she's like, I just accepted I'm in my thick season. I, well, I've accepted it too. I mean, I literally did a nude shoot. Okay. So I've accepted it, but we can't, we can't, this is unacceptable. Because I don't have medium breasts. Uh, so that you means, understand? Like, the shirt shit's kind of It's good. doing too much. If I get a medium for the arms, then the torso was like, well, what what are we doing? I mean, I'm kind of like that. Like, I have broad shoulders. So sometimes when I get, like, dress shirts, I have to get them, like, for my arm length. Right. But the body's, like, baggy. And I'm like, I'm not this big, but why? <laughs> so, like, I'm just, like, floating in the shirt a lot of times. So I've, I've, for me, I've, like, I have a lot of short sleeves a lot of times. Like, my short sleeves are shorter than usual because mm. I have broad shoulders. Well, I'm about to be doing push-ups. So that's what's about to be happening over here. I'm about to get my arms back. When you do your morning handstand, do like the, the handstand <laughs> Yeah, because this revelation just hit me right before we started, y'all. And I got to tell you, uh, I literally called Devon here like, what 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 needs to happen? He said, we're going to do jump ropes. Okay, well. We're going to be jump roping. So that's about to happen. So y'all, the, the crisis is averted. At this point, honestly, Jeremiah, the... The state of things in America is so heinous and like just off the wall uh-huh. that you got to get like the small little victories that you can win. To move forward in life. No, that's, I, feel, I feel that. I feel that. That's it. I wish you luck on your jump rope journey. Thank you. Namaste. <laughs> Someone got mad at me the other day and said we're appropriating the word namaste. And I was like, all right, I guess I I don't know what to do anymore. Um, but you know what? I do know what to do because it is Monday and mm-hmm. we are here at the Amanda Seal Show. So we got to get into Black Hero News. That's right. We got to talk about Montana becoming the first state to completely ban TikTok, at least for now. Also, Rick Ross might get a new job down in Fayetteville, Georgia. So we're going to talk about that. Plus, we got a call. We got to check the voicemail, Amanda. The people have been calling us. Last week, we had a lot of hot topics. Hot topics. And they want to give us some hot answers. And we got to see second headlines coming up this hour on Black Hero News. All right, so we got all that coming up. Later in the show, got to tell you all about uh, Smart, Funny, and Black. We didn't really go into it on Friday because Friday right. is like, you know, it's Friday. It's, like it's, it's just other things going on. But, you know, we're here on Monday. And also, I've gotten a chance to process. Mm-hmm. 
I've been needing a, t- a chance to process. So over the weekend, I got to process. So I'll tell you all about our Smart Funny and Black show that went down last week in Los Angeles with Wayne Brady versus Jaleel White. So we'll get into all of that. Plus, remember, you can call us up anytime. 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. It's time to listen, laugh, and learn. It's Monday at the Amanda Seals Show. Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals here, and it's time to get into some black hair news with Jeremiah Like the Bible. Let's do it. So, Montana made it illegal to download TikTok starting January 1st, 2024. So, you got some time, Amanda, if you went to Montana. Um, <laughs> this legislation makes Montana the first state to actually ban the app. So, it was passed last month, but it needed the governor's signature, and he signed it last week. So, it basically makes it illegal for Google or Apple, the app stores, to offer as an option to download within the state. And also, it's criminal for the Chinese-owned companies to actually operate within the state. Can I just tell you that there is so little to do in Montana, and then they took this away as well? Took it away. And I wonder, uh, do they have abortion rights in Montana? Because now you don't take TikTok away. Like, what else is there to do but get drunk and screw? Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, let me see. Abortion rights, Montana. Because, honey, I feel like they are just focusing on the wrong things. I can agree with that. I mean, while I am over social media, I feel like a ban is crazy. Like, you know, also because they're banning it for, like, dumb reasons. Not There's no actual, like, um, grounds for actual ban of TikTok. Especially because we still have Instagram, Twitter, like, <laughs> Facebook. All these things. <laughs> Twitch. Right. YouTube. So it's kind of like, this makes no sense. Also, again, what, are you, what else you could do in Montana? They can't see our clips from the Amanda Seal show in Montana on Montana. Uh, not on TikTok. <laughs> but I will say that at least abortion is protected in Montana. Okay. Uh, if you want to see uh, where the abortion rights are in different states, actually, there's a really cool site called Re- ReproductiveRights.org. Interesting. And they have a really like color-coded map that says expanded access, protected, not protected, hostile, illegal. And so you're able to like very quickly see like where things are just on a bird's eye view. Mm. It's fascinating. Um, and also <laughs> very scary, but Montana is going to end up tipping the scale for other states. You know, that's how it goes. Well, they do feel like, although it doesn't go into effect until 2024, they're obviously going to face some like legal fights because mm. there's money involved. And people got, when the money's involved, people don't let that just go by all willy nilly. Plus there are like 200,000 TikTok users in Montana and 6,000 of those are businesses that use TikTok. So, you know, people use TikTok. Not just TikTok, but social media is a tool now. So when you infringe upon this that. This sounds like a 14th Amendment it situation. Is, it is. It's tricky. So, you know. Because the state see. rights, whole, the whole thing with the state's rights and like states just being like, no, it's just kind of bonkers mm. to me. I mean, I feel like I need to, I'm, I'm honestly reading up. I ordered literally the Constitution for Dummies. <laughs> I thought you meant you ordered the Constitution. <laughs> well, I ordered that too. <laughs> Flashcards, everything. Because I really want to understand how abortion is legal in the federal government, Mm -hmm. but it is not legal in the individual states. And it's just because the Supreme Court said it's up to the states. That's Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) The government's fine. Which to me is is unconstitutional. So in my opinion, their ruling is unconstitutional. It literally is counterproductive to the 14th Amendment. Well, a lot of times they try to use... I feel I'm not, I might be wrong about this, but like from my understanding, like states' rights also the inception was because every state is different for the yeah. most part. They have different needs, but people I think people kind of take it too far. And they yes. like, need to use state rights to stop this and that and things we actually need in society. That's where it gets tricky because it's also very um, it's unclear about 
I guess, how far a state's right does go to do Absolutely. certain things and not do other things. Well, it's not unclear. The 14th Amendment actually makes it clear. Well, yeah, you're right. So it's not unclear. <laughs> like, you can make these rules in your states as long as they don't impinge and infringe upon your natural rights as a U.S. citizen mm-hmm. or resident. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I'm leaving the show. I'm gone. I'm about to go be a lawyer. It's over. Bye, guys. I'm out. Just uh, the seals. <laughs> hit us up, 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. I might take a constitutional law course at, like, University of Arizona Online. I'm screaming. <laughs> we'll be right back. We got more Black Red News. Rick Ross speaking again into politics. He got something he's trying to do, and we got to tell you why. And that's the part that's going to make y'all be like, huh? So don't go anywhere. It's the Amanda Seal Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. We're right back here at the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals, joined by Jeremiah Look the Bible. We're about to get into our next Black Your News story. So we head down to Fayetteville, Georgia. So that's right outside of Atlanta, because Rick Ross took his Instagram to announce his car show that we talked about a few weeks ago. We'll still go on his plan, although he was denied a permit and application to actually host it. And he also said this while Instagram Live. Despite what you hear, it's going down June 3rd, the biggest car bike show of the year, right here in the beautiful city of Fayetteville. And I love Fayetteville so much. Next year, I'm running for mayor. That's right. The boss, Rick Ross, running for mayor of Fayetteville. What I want to ask is some young students that's in legal school. I want to ask y'all a few questions about politics. I want to know how many votes did it actually take to vote in the mayor of Fayetteville? I need to know that. Because we're going to become that. We're going to make that happen. We're going to have a good time. We're going to give some people opportunities. We're going to give some people raises. And, of course, we're going to have to clean some people out. I mean, Rick Ross is the biggest boss that you've seen thus far. So maybe he might be owning something. <laughs> Becoming the next mayor of Fayetteville, Georgia. I mean, I'm sure his, his neighbors who, like, were impeding upon him having this car show in the first place won't vote for him. But I'm sure he might be able to rally a few votes. I'm just stranger things have happened. I'm more so bothered by the fact that like he really is feeling inspired to run for mayor because he didn't get his way. Mm -hmm. You know, like there were a lot more reasons in Georgia that we would have needed somebody who's like for the people in Georgia. This wasn't it. He said, I'm mad because y'all won't let me have a car show at my house. At my house, Amanda. Rick Ross wants to have a car show at his house. And they said, no, you cannot His neighbor that. said, please not. It's a residential, like, bit neighborhood. What are you doing? And now he wants to run for mayor. That just, to me, feels like a lot of, that just feels like a tantrum. It feels mm. selfish. And I don't know. A waste of money also. You know, you got to spend money to run for stuff. Why waste your money trying to be mayor when you really don't want to be the mayor? Rick Ross does not want to be the mayor. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be the mayor. He does not want to be the mayor. He doesn't. He doesn't even want to rap no more. Like, we, I never hear him. I mean, I just I just feel like what we really need at this point is people who are running for office that genuinely want to change things, mm. not that want to simply just play around with their money. This right here feels very capitalist. Mm. It feels very disconnected. And it just feels literally annoying. Also, why can't you just have the... The car show at like a, a fairground like most people. You know where you should go have the car show? Why don't you go have it on the land where they're trying to build Cop City and right. make it an actual rally? Mm-hmm. Why don't you do something like that? There's plenty of space over there for them cars and his little concert he doing. Go to Tyler Perry house. He got all the space. <laughs> ah, ugh, it's just ego energy. Yes. So you're it's, not voting for Rick Ross? No, okay. I'm not voting for Rick Ross. When Scarface was running for office, I donated to his campaign. <laughs> 
Okay, but I'm not running for Rick Ross. Rick Ross for mayor, get out of here. Uh, that sounds absurd. Now, if he has some actual policies, you know, bring it on. The policies are you could do any event at your house now. Like you could have not just baby showers, not just potlucks, but car shows, concerts. So it's it's not just baby reveals. No. It's not just gender reveals. <laughs> That's a wrap. We got to step it up now. We in 2023, I mean. Y'all going to have a, a carnival in the back of the house. <laughs> Bounce house ain't enough. I mean, my parents was like their neighbor. He had like a whole field day in his, in his backyard. And there was like a marching band and everything for his birthday party. I was like. Last time I went home, the next door neighbors, like they like moved. They were a mess. And then there was a new place, a new like people that bought the house. Mm-hmm. And they were building like a putting green in the backyard. <laughs> and for the record, we do not live in no area big enough to have a whole putting it's green. It's not Marlaga. No. <laughs> and they were, they were, it looked like they were building like a batting cage. And I was like, get not a out of here. They finna start selling tickets. Florida. <laughs> what do y'all think? Do y'all think Rick Ross should be running for mayor because he didn't get to do his car show at his house? Or do you think he's going to be playing himself? Hit me up. Would you vote for him? one 855 Amanda Seals. Nope, that's not the number. one 855 8 That's 1-855-262-6328. We'll be right back at the Amanda Seals Show. We're done with uh, Black Hero News. We're going to head to the phone lines. We got a caller that wants to talk to us. That's right. So don't go anywhere. The Amanda Seals Show. We we up, we up, we up. What's up, y'all? This is Jeremiah Like the Bible, joined by Amanda Seals on the Amanda Seals Show. And we love your opinions and your thoughts on the show. So hit us up and make a comment, especially if you're a first-time caller. Call us up at 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. We actually have a caller who has a comment about whether or not they are prepared for college, Amanda. Ooh. Hi, I'm calling in response to what did I feel like I was underprepared for before going to college. I was so underprepared that my daughter is graduating next Friday, and I wrote her a book over the last two years of everything I wish I would have known. And one of the things is if you have the opportunity to go to college, go to college, or not just college, any opportunity, take it. Don't worry about uh, leaving friends behind or a boyfriend or Mm -hmm. anyone at this point. And that's what I felt like that I would tell everyone. If you have the opportunity, take it. Listen, big advice right there. Said, or a boyfriend. A little, a or a boy. boyfriend. Don't wait. Listen. That's the thing, though. You know, people feel like, I'm going to this school because we my boyfriend. I don't want to move my boyfriend. Y'all break up in two weeks. Let's be real. Girl, oh, my Y'all God. Gonna Y'all going to break up. And people do the same thing with friends. Mm-hmm. People will miss a whole show because their friends were taking too long to buy tickets. So I mean, I told you about my tickets to go see Usher in Vegas because people was playing around. I really love, though, that she wrote an, a book for her daughter for two years. So she said with that, she said, let me be thoughtful. Let me really think about this. I mean, I wrote Small Doses. Uh, I wrote my book Small Doses for the same type of purpose, like mm-hmm. to be kind of like a resource material for folks. And my I mean, I, I don't think I necessarily was thinking just of college students, but I definitely wrote it in mind with like, I wish somebody had told me these things. Right. right. <laughs> like, I mean, because we for what it's worth, a lot of times. Sometimes, depending on your family, you might be the first person to go to college, so you don't only really have a, a guidebook. Or 
you're doing something different. You're going out of state. You're doing something different. Right. So it's kind of like, there's no one to kind of guide you. But I think there are general p- parameters. Like she said, take the opportunities. Like I wish I studied abroad when I was in college. I wish I had studied abroad when I was in college too. Because you know, you're there, you're like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then it, <laughs> you graduate. I didn't even know it was a thing. You know, it wasn't really like a big thing at my school. Mm-hmm. But I, I just feel like when I was in school, so much of it was like just turmoil, mm-hmm. <laughs> turmoil. They just getting to the other side of it was like, oh my God. You did it. We made it. We made it. We made it. And that's important too. Some people don't make it to the end. Making it to the end is a thing too. Baby, baby. Making it to the end is a thing. When they call your name, you're like, oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, tell us any advice that you wish you had before you went to college or some advice that you got that you Mm -hmm. really felt like took you through. Hit us up, 1855-AMANDA8. It is graduation season, so we feel like, you know what, we can spread the wealth of advice and knowledge to as many folks as possible. 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. When we get back, you know that y'all want to know about what's going on right now. We got some quick stories to start your day because we got it 60-second headlines. Mm-hmm. That's what's coming up next on the Amanda Seals Show. I don't know where that accent came from. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here, and uh, we got Jeremiah like the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's time for us to hit y'all with some 60-second McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Headlines, the things that you need to know about, but we ain't really trying to do a lot of talking about. Let's go. All right. So according to TMZ, Ja Morant's sneakers, Ja Ones, are no longer on the Nike site or app. You should just go get a Colt 45 endorsement and call it a day. <laughs> Next story. Natalia Bryant, Kobe Bryant's daughter, is reportedly interning for Beyonce's world tour after her name was spotted in tour credits. Making all the homies <laughs> jealous. Well, they're definitely not jealous of the three NYPD officers who are facing felony charges for allegedly stealing 3K worth of Jay-Z's Ace of Spades at a music festival last year. You can't knock the hustle? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> All right, next one. Flavor Flav supported the WGA writer strike by showing up to Warner Brothers with pizza, burgers, and fries to show solidarity. Fight the power! But also, we need writers, so there isn't another Flavor of Love reboot. Yeah. Also, there's a new law in California that requires the state to pay $140 for every day spent behind bars for someone who's wrongfully in prison. It's not enough! Y'all, at this point in LA, $140 is dinner for two and a boba tea. Y'all, that's it for 60-second headlines. If you want to know more about any of those things, hit the Googles. Mm -hmm. Information is at your fingertips. Hit me up. Let me know your thoughts. It's the Amanda Seal Show. We'll be right back. favorite comedian and common sense specialist here with Jeremiah like the Bible. I said the Amanda Seals and you're Jeremiah like the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, how did you spend your weekend? Packing, more packing, more packing, more packing. I really procrastinate now. That's the problem. I'm but like, you've been packing for like a month. 
I've been fake packing for a month. I really <laughs> just started packing for real. Like before it was like, I'm packing. Here's a box. Here's a box. Now it's like, oh, you got to get out this apartment. So you better, put <laughs> you better get it together. Your friends didn't come over to pack? I don't. That's too much. I, when I, let me tell why? you why it's too much. Because when you ask somebody to do something and they don't do it, it's going to make me annoyed. So I'm like, let me Facts. just let me just do it myself before I be mad at my friends. I mean, when I was moving to New York, I <laughs> flew my mom in to help me and I flew her out because she was not helping me. Sometimes you're like, let me just, it's fine. Just, I got it. <laughs> I figured it out. I will tell you this, though. I... Uh, it be the friends that you didn't expect to actually be on point with the packing that end up being the ones that really help you. I found that when I was packing to move, my actual friend friends at the time, pointless. Really? Useless. But like Random acquaintances, friends. yeah. That weren't grandma in a club in a bad I mean, just people that you don't necessarily like talk to all the time. Right. Like, you know, they're you're cool with them, absolutely. Mm. But like, I remember I literally ran into somebody and was like, oh, I'm packing. She was like, oh, I'm really good at packing. And I was like, I mean, I'm not gonna stop you. And she came and she packed like all my books. Okay. So just people like that. Just saying, throw it out there and see who's like, oh, I love packing. That's well, what you have coming now, back. Oh, you point, are? Yeah. I, I really committed myself like, okay, today I'm getting these things done. Oh, that's nice. I put on a movie. was watching some Jennifer Lopez movie that she's in. That's good because that will keep you packing because it won't right. it won't hold your attention. <laughs> I definitely stopped the movie at a certain point. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I love a good I tried to watch rom-com, this. but this wasn't that. It wasn't that? No. I tried to watch um, Soft and Quiet, I think, and it's mm-hmm. like this like Netflix movie. It's an independent movie um, about these like white supremacist women, but it's like a thriller. <laughs> so at some point, I guess they get their comeuppance, but I was so disturbed by it from like the first 20 minutes. I was like, I can't even stick around for them to get mm-hmm. their comeuppance. I feel that. And if it ain't like the former enslaved haunting them and sending them into misery, then what are we really doing? What's the payoff? Well, you know what the payoff for listening to this show is? Black Your News, of course. Yes, staying informed. What do we got? And speaking of the descendants of slaves and slavery, the House Dems have introduced $14 trillion reparations proposals in the House. So we might be getting some checks, maybe. You know, every week I'm looking for a check. Every week. Every I'm like, week. When I hear reparations, I'm like, cha-ching. We also got to talk about what really happened with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry during this paparazzi chase they talked about last week. You know, Last Friday was our Black Joy Friday, so we can talk about it. But yeah, today we'll get to it. Let's watch your big up letdown coming up this hour as well. We got all that and more. Also, we're going to talk about uh, Smart Funny and Black a little later on. I'm looking forward to this big up letdown. You know what? I'm just looking forward to just giving y'all some news that something that we thought was really bad wasn't as bad. Like right. that, yeah. <laughs> that to me is a positive. So I'm going to take it where I can. Remember, if you miss any of the show, you can listen to our daily podcast available everywhere you get your podcast. You can also listen to my podcast, Small Doses. Uh, the latest episode is Side Effects of Diaspora Wars with content creator Christina Brown. Mm-hmm. It's been getting a lot of response mm-hmm. on the YouTubes. You can check it out on wherever you get your podcast, but also on YouTube at Amanda Seals TV. We've had a lot of people saying things like, Oh, if you're homogenizing blackness, you're trying to erase black Americans. One, nobody is homogenizing blackness. Two, no one over here is trying to erase black Americans. So, uh, you know, I'd love for you guys to check out the episode yourself and see what you respond to it. And then follow and subscribe and like and comment at YouTube Amanda Seals TV. We'll be right back because it's time to listen, laugh and learn. It's the Amanda Seals Show. Show us me and the seals here with Jeremiah like the Bible. And look at that. 
reparations on the table. On the table, because House Democrats introduced a resolution Wednesday calling for $14 trillion worth of reparations to go to the descendants of slaves, which I am, so shout out to me. Representative Cori Bush from she's a Democrat out of Missouri announced the resolution during a press conference claiming that the United States has a moral and legal obligation to compensate black Americans for the enslavement of their ancestors. And as you know, right now, Joe Biden also dealing with congressional leaders about negotiating the federal debt ceiling. So a lot of money talk is happening in Washington as we speak. A lot of money talk is definitely happening in Washington as we speak. Uh, I know a lot of people are listening like, why would she even go to the trouble of doing that? Why bother? I used to be that person. Really? Yeah. Like I used to just feel like, okay, yeah, we absolutely deserve reparations, but these Mm -hmm. people ain't going to give it to us. So Mm -hmm. what's the point of even pressing them? But the reality is that you start pressing because if you don't start, mm. it will never happen. Yeah. So, like, when is the right time to start? Now, when Joe Biden was running for office last year, I know that, I mean, last uh, presidential campaign, there was less election. There was a lot of people I saw saying, like, basically, if he doesn't uh, commit to providing reparations, then we're not voting for him. Mm. And people don't understand, one, that, like, Joe Biden cannot solely decide to provide reparations federally, right. one. That's not the government works, guys. No. And two, you know, I felt like it was really late in the game to be like making that to be a bottom line Mm. because, again, like he doesn't have the power to do that. And he would be making a promise that he couldn't even literally keep. So it'd be more fair for people to actually press their representatives, their senators, um, their House representatives to press them what their stance is on reparations for black people, essentially. Yes. And I think there's also something to be understood about the fact that like some people will probably look at this and say, well, why would they press for this right now when we are dealing with a debt ceiling? Mm. But what we need to understand is that you just need to press like it's not going to happen right now. But that doesn't mean it doesn't need to be introduced. Listen, that debt ceiling ain't nothing to do with me. Well, it do got something to do with me. I was but, like, yes, it does. But, but the debt ceiling is also just a whole right, political right. like distraction right. from the realities of what's going on in this nation. And I think when we look at this debt ceiling thing, it also gets very convoluted. And you're like, why is this so confusing? Like the fact that Donald Trump, ra- they, they raised the debt ceiling three mm-hmm. times during his presidency. Mm-hmm. And then now they asked him about it. And he's like, yeah, they shouldn't raise it. It was fine when they raised it when I was there. But now that I'm not there, they shouldn't. Well, some people feel like a debt ceiling isn't even like a real thing. It's just a, a way for, I guess, political parties to kind of like um, flex their yeah. financial muscles. I'm not an economist, so I can't confirm nor deny that. But what I do know is the enslaved was punching the clock every day and they ain't get paid. I know that much. Well, you know, and I say always that there's remunerations and reparations, right? right? Reparations is the repair it's a fiduciary repairment mm-hmm. that is made mm-hmm. from the government that has caused the harm. Right. Remuneration is basically, I did this job and I was supposed to get paid and I didn't get paid. So now you got to pay me for the job that I didn't do, mm-hmm. plus the damages right. that incurred by me not getting paid. If you could take your baby daddy to court for back child support, we could take the American government to court for these reparations. Well, coming up next, uh, child Megan and Megan and Harry was moving through the city. Kinda. And they made it sound like it was real crazy, scary, shocking. Turns out may not have been that deep. We're gonna get into all that plus the big up let down, all that coming next on the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. What's up, y'all? It's Amanda Seals here at the Amanda Seals Show. Happy Monday. Rocking out with uh Jeremiah with the Bible. It's time to get into some Black Year News. We got some more 
They had a pop culture kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So have you ever seen Fast and the Furious? Yes. Well, this was not that. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> apparently Prince Harry and Meghan Markle last week were involved in a quote unquote near catastrophic car chase with a paparazzi leaving an event in New York. That lasted over two hours. Now, when I saw this headline, Amanda, I put it in a group chat. I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, Princess Di, what is happening? Listen, I saw people saying this is a conspiracy. We all know that his mother died the same way. We don't want this to be a Whitney and Bobby Christina situation. Mm -hmm. So this has to be addressed. Also, you know, him and um, Megan Megan. left the royal family because of like a lot of the things being similar to how his mother was treated. He kind of foresaw it. Yes, but everything wasn't as it seems, of course, to the people on the ground. Okay, so like I said, their person labeled it as a car chase that was near catastrophic. There were some other people who came out with some statements. First, Mayor Eric Adams, he came out and said, like, he expresses displeasure about how things transpired and called the situation reckless and irresponsible. But he also said he found it hard to believe that there was a t- uh, even a 10-minute car chase in a city as dense as Manhattan. You, I mean, you you lived in New York, so like you know, it's a lot of standstill traffic. I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't gonna hold you as the kids say. <laughs> it is once you sit and think about it, you're like, well, where were they that a chase? Because you hear a chase, you like zoom, zoom, zoom. You zooming. Well, I think the reality is that they were evading mm-hmm. paparazzi, mm-hmm. which is why they were having to cut and move and you know be slick like that. Right. So we also have a statement from someone who was in the car, the cab driver. Because okay, just so for backstory. <laughs> They were staying at a friend's private residence. So they were trying to basically not go straight there to kind of keep that location on lock. So they were doing a lot of cars switching out and everything. So one of the cars they ended up in was a cab. And the cab driver said this. I don't think it was, I would call it a chase. I never felt like I was in danger. It wasn't like a car chase in a movie. He said they were quiet, meaning... Um, Harry and Mark and Megan. And her mother. And they seemed scared. But it's New York. It's safe. <laughs> <laughs> Which a lot, I heard a lot of people did say that if you're not from New York, I guess it could seem like a lot happening. I I mean, I've ridden a taxi in New York and it's a lot happening on a regular day. And I'm not Megan in, in um, Prince Harry. <laughs> but it's a lot of yelling, a lot of people beeping. It's like, ooh, get me out. I mean, listen, out. I feel like they were... We all know that they are dramatic. So let's already just acknowledge that. I'm not even trying to shade them. They're just, they're dramatic. She is an actress. I know actresses. She's She's an actress. It's a, it's a, you know, there's, and she takes herself very seriously. Mm -hmm. So that's the other part of it. I think she was, she takes herself very seriously. And of course we cannot excuse the reality that this is how his mother died. Right. But the paparazzi said it was sensationalized. They don't. They said it was fake news. The paparazzi said they was they was being regular, regular. That I don't believe. <laughs> I don't either. I that, don't trust the paparazzi. I, that I don't trust. Like paparazzi and the police. But I think too. I think at the end of the day, like you said, that's how his mother passed away. But also just the idea that no one wants to feel like they're trapped and it's like flashing lights. You in a car. You don't. You in a, a city that's not your city. It can feel very um un un what's not un, uneasy. I guess my other thing is like what happens. If the paparazzi does catch them. They're just taking pictures. <laughs> that, that, that other part. Like, what happens? Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, pictures, flashes. Ah. You know? And I think it's also kind of weird to me. Like, did they not consider this before? Yeah. People say it's a lot of uh, poor planning. It seems weird to me that they would not have assumed that this would be the case. Right, right. So, like, they should have been taking... Um, well, you know what? Let me just say this. They probably did. 
And they probably went out like a back entrance and whatever. But the paparazzo, they be paying people to get the drop. So they went on street corners for you. Jump out of trash cans. You know. <laughs> so we shall see. I mean, I don't know. There seems to be more information about this coming out, mm. you know, day by day. But the most important part about this is that it doesn't feel like it was a conspiracy to right, kill them. Right. And they were they're safe. Everybody's yes. good. They made it to the front house. Yes. So that to me is is the biggest silver mm-hmm. lining takeaway from here. Are they dramatic? We know they are. Maybe they'll do an interview with Oprah. She'll or be like, Amanda Seal show, you know. <laughs> Let's get to the bottom of the car chase. She's gonna be like, were you chased or were you evading? <laughs> Good up, All right, man. keep it like right here. The big up letdown's coming back when we get back to the Amanda Seal show. The Amanda Seal show. We up, we up, we up. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time for the Big Up Letdown on the Amanda Seal Show. What's up, y'all? This is Jeremiah Like the Bible at the Amanda Seals Show, and I'm joined by who else? Amanda Seals. And Amanda, it is now time for your Big Up, Big Up Letdown. All right, it is time for the Big Up, and today goes to bonobos i know some of y'all are like what are you talking about but those of you who follow me on instagram know that one of my favorite animals is the great ape the bonobo there's four great apes there's gorillas there's chimpanzees there's orangutans and then there's bonobos well last week was endangered animals week and thanks to global support uh lola ya bonobo which is a conservation effort in the democratic republic of congo successfully released 15 bonobos back into the wild and they did this in 2022 and it's been over a year now since their release and they did an update and they said that they're doing incredibly well they're in freedom and that they now have uh connected with a previous group of bonobos that was released so this is like a really big deal because now they've intermingled there's crossovers they're breeding like this is how you bring uh well, this is how you you bring species back into life and get okay. them off the endangered list. So uh, they are reproducing and migrating in a natural way. This is a huge success for conservation. So shout to the bonobos. If you are like me and you hear things, and you're like, what is that? I want to look that up. Let me spell it for you. <laughs> B-O-N-O-B-O. All right. That is our figo, figo. today's letdown goes to France. Oh, what happened in France? Let me tell y'all, France is really on one, okay? France has been very, very consistently against Muslims in a myriad of ways. But recently, the French Football Federation said they're going to prohibit the pausing of matches during Ramadan that allow Muslim players to break their fast. So, you know, during Ramadan, Mm. people fast. They literally don't eat food, don't eat drink water, nothing. But, like, these players are still playing, and they're in high-level play. Mm. And so sometimes they have matches that are at night. And so they want to have... which is when the when fast when the sun sets right. you eat some food to get your nutrients right so in england they actually do allow this okay but in france they're like nah and they're basically saying and this is from the head of the federal referee commission 
The idea is that there is a time for everything, a time to do sports and a time to practice one's religion. No comment. (laughs) They said that match interruptions do not respect the provisions of the statutes of the FFF. The the part about this, uh, fasting is not the word. The disgusting part about this to me is always the reality that the obsession with sports and money and it completely ignoring the reality of the people who are playing the sport for the money mm-hmm. is so just contentious and it's worldwide. This feels kind of similar to when the Black Lives Matter movement was happening and they were basically like, why are these basketball players wanting to talk about this? Why are they trying to wear BLM things on their jerseys, et cetera? Like they need to just play basketball. These black basketball these players. These black basketball <laughs> players. So again, the letdown today goes to France and their uh, federal Commission, their federal commission of referees in soccer for saying that they are not going to allow Muslim players to break their fast during Ramadan. They just need to play through. And if they can't handle it, then they better drink some water and hope Allah forgives them. So when they pass out in the middle of the the match. Red card to the refs. That's right here. The let down. That's the big up let down. You know, it goes down every day. We give props to somebody or somewhere or something for some dopeness and we get blows for some whackness. So hit me up. Let me know your thoughts. It's the Amanda Seal Show. We'll be right back. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. This is Jeremiah Like the Bible, joined by Amanda Seals. We always want you to stay connected with us and hear opinions on the things we discuss. So last week we talked about your favorite hip hop concert you ever attended, Amanda. And we have a caller who wants to tell us theirs. Hey, what's up, Amanda? I listen to y'all show every morning. I, I like to say uh, I like what y'all doing. You're doing a good job. Keep it up. Uh, my favorite concert was one uh, Wayne um, in the Sugar Bowl at uh, in Cleveland. It was dope. They brought LeBron out. You had Wayne, of course. Um, this was when uh, Jeremiah was coming out, so we had some heavy hitters on the stage. But it was a dope concert. It was packed. I think it was a little over two hundred thousand people. It was it was wild. Probably the best time ever. Just want to shout it out and also give a shout out to my daughter, Amaya. Uh, she's 11 months today. Love her, love her to death. Her mother, Catherine, what's up? And everyone in Ohio State, what's up, man? Thank you. Have a nice Shout out. I'm happy he gave it to Wayne because, you know, last week I gave Wayne the most likely to because he stopped that concert. He did. He so. definitely. So maybe he felt like, you know what, even though Wayne didn't really like hold it down with that particular <laughs> concert, he has been proven in the past to get right, the good shot. Right, right. I've never been to a Lil Wayne concert. Really? No, I can't. I'm trying to think and I've never been to a Lil Wayne concert. Um, I think I've maybe seen him do like a couple songs somewhere, but I don't consider that to be like a okay. Little Wayne concert. Like he was like at a festival or like yeah, in yeah, a yeah. of a show. I think that's why I'm at South by Southwest. Okay. But that's not the same. It's not because some people could trick you in that lineup. They're like, oh, they killed it. Then you go to their concert. And they you know one of the it. greatest concerts I've ever been to was? Whitney Houston. A Hard Knock Live Tour. Jay-Z. Yes, you were 12. Maybe. No, you weren't. You were like two. You were two. Because I was like, wait a minute. I was like 16. Uh, Yes, Jay-Z, Hard Knock Life Tour. It was Jay-Z, DMX, um, Ja Rule. Okay. But that was when he was like. Before it was. Yeah. Yeah, that was Ja Rule and like Emile. Okay. uh, Memphis Bleak, you know, but it was a big deal. Beanie Siegel, of course, Red and Meth opened. And if you've ever seen Fade to Black, the... uh, They had a budget. Actually, no, if you ever... Backstage, if you've ever seen Backstage, they did a documentary about the tour. It was a time. 
Sidebar, you know a movie I watched over the weekend when I was packing for the first time? Brown Sugar, but that's neither here nor there. It's about hip hop. Doesn't even think about that. You've um, never seen Brown Sugar? I just feel like it was, because I've seen Sanaa in um, Love and Basketball. And um, what's his name? I'm looking at him, Ballhead. Ta- um, uh, Tay Diggs? Tay Diggs, there we go. I was about to call him Omar so bad. Oh, you saw them in Best, Best Man. Right, so I'm like, I feel like I've seen this. Great movie. He was a cute, cute film, cute film, cute film. You know, guys, <laughs> some people just don't deserve good things. It wasn't bad. But shout, to Rick, <laughs> shout out to Rick Fumiyawa, who is the director of uh, Brown, Sugar. Brown Sugar, who is now also an executive producer on Mandalorian. This is the way. Uh, but otherwise, um, the truth of the matter is that Brown Sugar was a time. And you know what? You just weren't there for that. I wasn't there. Shout out to Queen Latifah and Most Deaf in the film. And Angie Martinez nutritious and was delicious. so pretty in that movie. <laughs> like, I, I don't thought she wasn't pretty, but I was like, oh, she's really pretty in this movie. Yes. It was the blonde hair, I think. Burris Kojo's in the film. Yes, his wife. Ren and Tin. There's so many jokes. Like, I mean, when he runs up on, when, when he runs up on Michelle Ari Parker, when Tay Diggs runs up on Michelle Ari Parker, no, sorry, Nicole. Nicole, Nicole Ari Parker at, at, at a date with another dude. Classics. Classics. You're right, you're right, you, you know what? Right. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. And Shout so we're going to move on. Say, come on to the show and talk about it one day. Oh my gosh. Y'all, if you loved Brown Sugar, <laughs> hit me up and tell me about when you saw Brown Sugar because I remember seeing Brown Sugar in the movie theater and watching it on DVD in my dorm room with my roommates. Shout out to Purchase College. Keep it locked. 1 855 Amanda 8. That's 1 855 This is the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. We ain't nobody's fool. No. We shaking up the system. Rewrite unwritten rules. We speak the world all this time. We shine and rise. We up, we up, we up. The Amanda Seal Show. show it's amanda seals here jeremiah like the bible is over there being blasphemous saying things like you know brown sugar isn't top 10 top 10 what top 10 black films so name them i don't have my list ready but it's not top 10 so what's something that is top 10 something that's top 10 coming to america's top 10 yes friday yes top 10 um i would say even though it's not my favorite i would consider for the culture loving basketball people consider that a top 10 movie um, there's some other ones I can't think of off the top of my head right now. Color I- purple. Oh yeah, my color god! But no, because color purple is just like so sad. It's just like it's a great film. Though. Are we talking comedies? We're talking black classics. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's not just comedies, but you know I love a good feel good, and the color purple would be like, oh my god, soul food. Soul food. You're gonna put soul food up there? Yes, because because of cousin Faith. Cousin Faith after her husband. Okay, so that's five. That's five. All right. Um, something else with Neil Long. Oh, Boomerang. Yeah, love I'll Jones. give you Boomerang. Oh, you're putting Love Jones love up Jones there. Is good. It's just like that's one of those like classic aesthetic films. I okay. Think. Not actually for like the plot or whatever, just like just the visual of it and what it means in culture. Um, something else. This house is, party is up there, and I don't party. care what nobody say. I'll fight y'all. What about Baby Boy? No, it's not top ten. Okay, Baby Boy got vetoed. Uh, what do you think about? I don't know. You love. Um, I'm gonna not. not I'm gonna. Get oh, low down, you, dirty you shame. You love low down, dirty shame. That's my movie. But it is not top. It's 10. not top ten. Veto. No. What would, about Crooklyn? I've never seen Crooklyn. I've never seen Crooklyn. <sighs> 
School days, top 10. What about set it off? Set it off is top like 15. Top 15. Top 15. All right. Do we consider Do the Right Thing a black film? It's a Spike Lee joint, so yes. Yes. Yeah. And are you saying that's, that Do the Right Thing is not top 10? I think School Days is a better film. I like School Days better, personally. I'm going to put, I'm going to veto and say <laughs> that uh, Do the Right Thing is absolutely a top 10 black film. It is okay. literally okay. like a turning point film. And shout out to Radio Raheem, rest in peace. And it's just iconic. Like we, that's where we saw like, uh, what's it called? Um, Samuel L. Jackson. There's just so many people in that film that you can't even, you can't even just, just you can just rattle off names. There's that Fight the Power. There's Rosie Fight Perez. The like there's just so many elements that film that you can't just ignore. So yes, it is top ten over there. Hesitating, jeez Louise. I'm gonna put a real comprehensive list together for the culture <laughs> and, we'll and report back to you. <laughs> we'll see. We're like get them out of here. Yes, we're gonna put show. like BAP top fifteen and we're gonna fight. BAP is a great movie, but go. I but I. The fire. Go ahead. What do we got coming up next this hour? <laughs> coming up this hour, we got to talk about this whole melee between Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jamal Bowman on the Capitol steps because she said one thing and he said something else. So it might just be a Karen situation, Amanda. Well, we're going to get to the bottom of this, we all right? Are. We're not trying to just do like a surface like discussion about this. No, we're going to investigate. Mm-hmm. It's time to go in. Plus, we got to talk about your latest episode of Small Doses. Okay, wait, wait. You cut me off. I was going to say something. Go ahead. It's time to go in. This is the case of the Karen in Congress, Law and Order style. I don't know there are multiple sound effects happening. Sorry. But I do know there are multiple segments this hour because we're trying to talk about small doses, side effects of diaspores with Christina Brown. Plus, you got to tell us about what happened at Smart, Funny, and Black. I do. We People got all that. Know. They saw the Instagram story, but they had to be there. I'm very busy and I am tired because I've been feeling like I'm really busy. I'm doing like a lot of things. And then I'd be like, but are you doing what? What, what is the point? And it'd be filmed very like perfunctory sometimes. So I'm glad, though, that people got to have a, ch- a good time at the show and that people are watching the podcast. So we're going to talk about all that. So stay connected with us. 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. Also, follow us on uh, social media at Seal Set It. Listen, laugh, and learn. This is the Amanda Seals Show. Welcome back, y'all. It's the Amanda Seals Show. And we got to get to the bottom of this because it is time for Jeremiah and I to get into the case of the Karen in Congress. So if you guys don't know, on Wednesday, following the House meeting about a resolution to expel George Santos, Representative Jamal Bowman and Representative Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene got into a quote-unquote heated exchange on the steps of the Capitol, right? Now, a day later, Marjorie Taylor Greene did a press conference and had this to say about the melee. But I will tell you what's on video is Jamal Bowman shouting at the top of his lungs, cursing, calling me a horrible, calling me a white supremacist, which I take great offense to. That is like calling a person of color the N-word, which should no, never happen. Not. Calling me a white supremacist is equal to that. And that is wrong. OK, the, first of all, we need to just point out that it is absolutely not the same thing at all. Calling a white person who is a white supremacist. First of all, calling a white person a white supremacist is not a derogatory term. Not a racial slur. It's not a racial slur. Calling a white supremacist a white supremacist 
Also, it's not a racial slur. And neither of those things <laughs> are in any way equal to calling a black person the N word. For the simple reason mm-hmm. that when we say white supremacist, we can say white supremacist. And when we say N-word, we're not even saying the, the word. word. Shout out to comedian John Mulaney because that is his joke. Okay. So when it comes down to Marjorie Taylor Greene, we all know that she is bat crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. She is bat crazy. And we also know that she is a white supremacist. Yeah. She yeah. has acted on this. Mm -hmm. She's spoken on this multitudes of times, but I want to correct you real quick. Go ahead. Because you said that they had a heated exchange on the sets of the Capitol. Quote unquote. Well, yeah, because it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't, I mean, I, I, I I don't feel it was, but what do we, do we have a audio from Jamal Bowman? We do. Because he responded to Miss Marjorie's little. Okay. So the plot thickens. thickens. He had this to say. Okay. Majority Taylor Greene in her press conference this morning said something incredibly dangerous and incredibly reckless about me, talking about my demeanor as being aggressive and saying that she feels intimidated by me. Unfortunately, this country has a history of characterizing black men who are outspoken, who stand their ground and who push back as being threatening or intimidating. So she's not even using a dog whistle. She's using a bullhorn. And it's dangerous. Very dangerous. We literally just saw this video the other day of this white lady like screaming for help when she was not in danger because she was trying to take the bike from these young black men who mm-hmm. already had bought the bike on their... Because if I run you over with the bike, you'll be mad. Right. So we also know the storied history of Emmett Till mm-hmm. and how the woman who lied about him and caused his murder mm-hmm. as a teenager, she mm-hmm. just died. She got to go and live her whole life and mm-hmm. then just die. Carolyn and Bryant, may you burn in hell. Uh, But I want to make a point in what he said, because it's not lightly that this kind of scenario happens, right? Right, Like we have seen, like we said, we've saw Emmett Till lose his life. Mm -hmm. We saw these young boys go viral with this Mm -hmm. woman, right? For this to be happening within the Capitol, like with, with amongst representatives, this Karen situation of creating a false sense of fear in association with a black man is beyond um, acceptable. It's, I agree. It's unacceptable. I agree. And Jabal Bowman spoke straight to it and clearly to it that, first of all, none, nothing which you really said was, was happening, but also there are consequences for like this language. Like for some people, it's just like, I just said something, but no, like no. these have real world ramifications, yes. especially if you are a black person. And, and she knows that. And mm-hmm. that's the white supremacy. She knows full well the power of her damsel in distress, blonde mm-hmm. white woman BS. And she is weaponizing it. Mm-hmm. Now, when we get back, all of this came from a particular exchange. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe she experienced it differently. We got to find out. We got the audio, though. So let's go to the receipts. When we get back right here to the Amanda Seal Show, we're going to see if there's any truth to this. So keep it locked. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals show. It's Amanda Seals here with Jeremiah, like the Bible. And let's hear. So we've been talking about this whole Marjorie Taylor Greene and yes. Representative Jamal Bowman situation where she claims that after 
an exchange that took place in front of cameras mm-hmm. on the steps of the Capitol. On the steps of the Capitol, she claims that uh, he was menacing and aggressive. He said his physical mannerisms are aggressive. And we should be concerned about him. She felt threatened. Jamal came out and said, "Cap, you like there's like dog, not even dog whistles. These are like bullhorn white supremacists." Yes. So we have the audio of what actually happened, guys. So take a listen to this. What are you listening to? Because I know I'm hearing like just two people talking over each other, but right. it's the do something about guns and her response is close the border. Close the border. I don't know how the two correlate, but okay. So first we got, we, like to your point, you hear two people just like over talking each other yeah. outside. So there's, they're, um, they're loud. Yeah. But she's equally loud as he's loud. Yes. He just has a, a louder voice. Well, he has a deeper voice. Yeah, so it sounds, it resonates more than hers. Also, I think she's mad that someone matched her energy, Amanda. Somebody came with the same energy. They went and they wasn't bound down. They wasn't walking away. They said, okay, let's, 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 let's argue. Let's talk. They didn't do the, they go low, we go high, mm-hmm. which I am still mad at Michelle <laughs> Obama for saying. Uh, and the reality is that she is not somebody that should go unchecked. Mm-hmm. She has to go checked, honestly. So at the end of this situation, AOC walks by and is like, don't even waste your time, Jamal. Don't even waste your time. And the truth is he, he has to do this. Because if we if these people continue to just simply have the floor and be on platforms saying all the things without somebody checking them or at least providing a counter, what's going to happen? They just get to be on a runaway train. I agree. But to an extent. And when I say that, I, because people do need to go check. But I think also with characters like a Marjorie Taylor Greene. No, you give her smoke. I think yeah, well, no, you, you, I think you give her a smoke, but I think if you spend every day trying to check my each other green, you're not actually doing the work job because she's doing something every day. Like literally, that's what she's there to do to cause confusion, to give a sound bite. Like even if, even in this argument, it's the most un- unserious argument ever, and, and we've dedicated a whole two breaks to it because she did a whole press conference to continue the narrative that was not true. Well, I think the real reason why we did these... No, I think the real reason why I wanted to dedicate two breaks to this, though, is because she is not a unique case in this type of behavior. And we're seeing this behavior of white women actually playing this damsel in distress effect to another level like we have seen in the past. Mm. It continues to go along with this effort to revert America back to the pre-civil rights era, where we are now supporting vigilantism in Daniel Perry killing J- Jordan Neal, Neely, mm-hmm. and people being like, yeah, that's what we want. In Daniel Penny, this guy who goes in Texas to shoot BLM pro- protesters. Yeah, that's what we want. Like we're seeing with Kyle Rittenhouse getting off and the guy, um, J- Governor Abbott, trying to create, uh, trying to pardon Daniel Penny. We see that this is a part of the white vigilantism that was very supported Okay, that's how the police started. They were supported by having citizens be like empowered to try and smote out crime. Mm-hmm. That's in the sixty nineteen project documentary. I'll be telling you how to watch. They talk about that. Yes, it was white people's like legal obligation to look for black people doing bad things. So when I say this happening in our Congress is, is not a small thing, I mean to say that it is now going up all these levels of government. Because mm. it's one thing for like a Karen to be in Walmart. That's my point. Crazy, yes. Versus someone who has actual power <laughs> to do. That's things. all I'm saying. 
I feel you. That's what I'm saying. So I just feel like we have to continue to stay vigilant because Mm -hmm. I really think a lot of us are watching what's happening and we don't even necessarily know what to do to stop it, but we're just like, this keeps getting worse and worse and crazier and crazier. But I will say too, before we close this break, that Margaret Shelley Green is the, is like the uh, is like the the noise in the room, but she's not really the one we gotta watch. It's so many people behind her that we're not paying attention to. That's like you see your point is sliding in legislation, quietly writing laws and passing things that are a detriment to us. She's just the loudest in the room, so we keep looking at her. But when it comes to people that's actually doing like the work. It's like people right here we got to stay locked into to make sure they're not like starting nothing past us while she on a capital steps yelling. Facts. There you have it. Keep it like right here. The Amanda Seal Show, 1855-AMANDA-8. That's 1855-262-6328. When we get back, we got a little small doses to get into. Got to let you know about this week's episode, Side Effects of Diaspora Wars. Don't go anywhere. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yes, y'all, we are here at the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals. What's up, Jeremiah? Hello. Uh, what are we getting into? It's time to talk about small doses. That is correct. So this week, you had side effects of diaspora wars with TikToker content creator Christina Brown. And yeah. she had this to say about people connecting oppression with blackness. Mm. I think it is because a lot of people assign, they just think of blackness with the oppression and they don't want to align themselves with just their oppression and they refuse to see the culture and the beauty within blackness, even though it came from something that was like terrible, but we still have culture. We still have like, at least for me, I feel proud to be black. Like I'm proud of my ancestors. I'm proud of what they built. I'm proud of what my cousins around the world have built in different cultures. You know, I find this, uh, very, I find this to be very real. Like I think Mm -hmm. there's definitely an over, um, extended comparison made between like black suffering and being able to access blackness and mm-hmm. like claim blackness. Mm-hmm. Right. And this whole episode was about the reality that we are a part of a diaspora. Right. So mm-hmm. like blackness as it exists is different in different places, but right. is still connected for a myriad of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like not just because of the transatlantic slave trade, but because like we also have like similar cultural practice ex- practices, et cetera. But there's also the fact that like we have bumped up against colonialism. We've bumped right. up against racism. Like we've had to deal with apartheid, et cetera, depending on where you are. So in this episode, she talks about the ways in which we have like these similarities that should not be used as oppositional right. elements. Because in the love of good diaspora war yes. conversation, when, what was the app? Uh, when Clubhouse was a thing, I remember one time being in like a, a room and that was like the whole discussion for like at least three days. What's the discussion? Just everyone like, well, no, because in, as constitutional Africans, we're like this, no black Americans, this, no West Indians, this. It's like, yeah, there are like obviously cultural differences. But I feel like there is more things that are alike than, than different for, for a lot of us. And I think for whatever reason, we can't just agree to agree to that. Like, yes, we're different, but we're also the same. We're also we're like cousins. It's like we come from. The- 
Like, I just don't know why that's a problem. I mean, I see people say things like, oh, you know, by you all trying to say that we have a sameness, you're erasing black Americans. And so Mm -hmm. in this conversation, when she's talking about like how oppression ends up being related to blackness, she was talking about the fact that she feels like a lot of people, particularly in America, Mm -hmm. feel like you cannot align yourself or you cannot claim blackness if you have not experienced a certain level of oppression. And we've even seen that in people saying like, well, if you are not a descendant of slaves that you cannot claim to be black American. But also I think people use it to kind of conflate the idea that we don't have culture either. It's like, because there's this, this, this troubled past for black Americans that that kind of disregards our actual culture here in America that we've built from the ground up with um, fashion, with the arts, with music. Yeah. People feel like, Oh, well you guys were disconnected from innovation, science, (laughs) People don't want to talk about that, though. George Washington Carver, no peanuts. He did that on American soil. Well, I think in America, too, like black American as an ethnicity and as a culture is still very, very young. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, comparatively. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's still growing. It's still developing. It's still nurturing. You have people who are gatekeepers uh, for the genuine effort, I think, of saying like we want to be preserved. Mm-hmm. We don't want there to be a appropriation or a which stealing, we which we see all the time. So <laughs> I get that. I, I But I think it becomes problematic when it is actually like turned against other black people. Right, right, right. So check out the episode. I think it was a great one. And I really feel like Christina's ideas uh, were unique. Mm. I'd love for y'all to actually also jump in the comments on Amanda Seals TV on YouTube. Um, I think what happens whenever you talk about like what is black, you're going to incur people who are going to be like, I know what black is and that's it. But I will tell you all my definition. And I've said this on my special. I be knowing on HBO and I continue to say this. There is no black experience. That is not a black experience unless it is anti-black. All right. Get them with it. Mic drive. We'll be right back. It's the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. And this weekend, you know what we did. Smart funny and Yes, yes, y'all. It was going down. Jeremiah like the Bible. It went down in LA. We had mm-hmm. Jaleel White. Yep. Versus Wayne Brady. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a, a really great time. What they said that one mean? We had a time last night. We had a time last we night. We had a time last night. So y'all need to understand, I was actually very like, I won't say worried about the show, but the tickets was kind of lagging. Mm. Um, it's the first show of the year. The first show of the Brooklyn. year since October of last year. We're also just as a like a company, like I'm doing some other things right now. And so it just kind of hasn't been like the main focus. So we really had to like wrangle the troops together and say, no, we're going to make this a great show. And even like writing the show. So I always write Smart, Funny and Black basically like a couple of days before the show. And I genuinely was like, wait a minute. How am I going to write a show for Wayne Brady versus Jaleel White? Because their talents are kind of different, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, Jaleel White, I feel like, is a real um, arguer. (laughs) A debater. A debater, yes. And he's very And he's a very fierce competitor and he's very witty. Whereas, like, Wayne, we all know, is an improv guy Mm -hmm. who is basically going to pull anything out the hat. So, on one hand, I know that... Jaleel is going to definitely be here for the lip service of Mm -hmm. things, but I know that Wayne is a performer. So Mm -hmm. I want both of them to have their light. So I said, okay, 
First of all, I grounded the show in the 50 years of hip hop that's going on. Mm-hmm. So this is the 50th anniversary of hip hop. So I said, you know what? The whole show is going to be dedicated to hip hop. So we're going to do it like that. Boom. Then I said, okay, we got to make sure that Wayne gets his off. And we got to make sure that Jaleel gets his off. So the right, first game right. was explain it. And basically that's a game where our black spurs have to explain something in black culture, but they have to do it like in their own unique, smart, funny, and black way. So I said, okay, Wayne, I I actually gave them the opportunity to choose what they would explain. You did, you did. And they chose the ones I thought they would choose. Wayne chose crunk music and old school hip hop. And Jaleel chose 90s, uh, basically like hip hop soul. Right. And he chose uh, gangster, yeah, West Coast gangster rap. So y'all, Wayne Brady, of course, opens <laughs> with old school rap and ends up doing a five minute freestyle about old school rap that had everybody, including Jalil, like, well, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> How did I get here? <laughs> We're gonna actually play it for you on Friday. Uh, but then Jalil, in a twist, mm-hmm. y'all, he pulled out Urkel. He did. Pulled him out the bag. Game one. Game one. <laughs> Pulled Urkel out the bag, y'all. He interviewed Urkel. Like, he basically interviewed himself. So he, like, played the interviewer, and then he would flip and be Urkel. It was bonkers. But then Wayne came back and did, like, a whole crunk medley of, like, knowledge on how crunk music derived from EDM, et cetera. And your man, um, <laughs> your man Jaleel came back and basically did one of the greatest tricks in the book. Go to the audience. <laughs> and he ended up finding somebody in the audience who right. knew all the words to, to, Lauren, Hill. to Lauren Hill, that yeah. thing, and like killed it. Brought a sister to do that thing. Sometimes you got to phone a friend. So then he was like, let's go to the Mary route. And his favorite Mary Ron- song is Everything. I don't know why that was the song he chose, by the way. Everything. Yeah, but like, why would you not choose like Real Love? Like an easy song. Yeah. So y'all, a sister was like, I know that song. And she got on the mic. She did know the song. She knew the words. (laughs) She knew the song. She just didn't know how to sing. Yeah. You can't have everything. You can't can't have everything. You can't. You can't. (laughs) So that was its own thing. So that was the beginning of the game. And uh, they went on and continued to just outdo themselves and really just gave the audience Mm -hmm. an incredible incredible show so for everybody who made it out to the show thank you all for coming to smart funny and black at the novo in la i mean what i say i hope that this is our last ticketed show we're actually going to be doing two free shows in nashville for juneteenth on saturday june 17th in partnership with the national museum of african-american music tickets are going to go up shortly and they're going to be free they're going to be free tickets so remember it's going to be first yes f-r-e-e first comes first serve f-r-e-e and i swear to god when i say this i'm not joking do do not come to the show and be in the front row and not participate. I'm not playing with y'all. And if you are in the front row and you are not participating, I will move you because the tickets are free. Not reseated. Reseated. <laughs> All right. Reseated. Keep it locked right here. It's the Amanda Seals show. Next hour, we're going to hit you with not a politician saying the darndest thing, but somebody saying somebody something saying something crazy and we're going to get into it. Don't go anywhere. We ain't nobody's fool. No. We shaking up the system. Rewrite unwritten rules. We speak the world all this time. We shine and rise. We up, we up, we up. The Amanda Seal Show. Seal said it, y'all. We up, we up, we up. It's the Amanda Seal Show. It's Amanda Seals here with Jeremiah, like the Bible. And it is Monday. 
it is Monday, May 22nd. I don't even understand how that happened, but uh, yeah. it's a lot of um, singing birthdays. <laughs> we got Johnny Gill. That is a singing man right there. Vivian Green. Okay, okay. She's also a singer. Donnell Jones. Singing. And Charlotte Murdoch. Singing. Singing, 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 singing. Now, it's also Naomi Campbell's birthday, and she's not singing, but she does have a rhythm in that walk. She's probably Yes, yes. Oh, my God. You forgot the most important part of this, Amanda Seals. Which is what? It's Gemini season, also. Oh. Because Naomi Campbell is a Gemini. It is Gemini season. That's why I was like, wait, Naomi's on the list? Yeah. We just crossed over. We just crossed over. This is a crazy time for me. Crazy time. Mm. The Gemini's is out with our chaotic energy. Go home. But you know what mean? that means? We're even one step closer to cancer season. Get your tears ready. Get your tears ready. Get your tears. Get your tears. Get your tears ready. Because we crying. It's my party. I can cry if I want to. Great song. What do we have coming up this hour? We have a flip on politicians say the darndest things because we got to talk about what Daniel Penny, the ex-Marine who killed um, Jordan Neely. Can we stop saying the ex-Marine? What do you want to call him? Just the murderer. The murderer. Well, you know, I feel like that gives context. Like, an ex-Marine killed somebody, that's different than, like, a regular bloke. Joe, Joe. I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna contact if you're gonna say it and add that he killed them because people being like the ex marine hero who took oh, no. this this homeless man off of our hands like I, I can't that's oh how they God. framing it uh, we're gonna talk about what he said about the actual murder on the train plus we have our sixty second headlines and Amanda's gonna give us her big up let down all that coming up next remember. If you want to check out the latest episode of Small Doses Podcast, all you got to do is go to wherever you get your podcast, or you can watch it on YouTube at Amanda Seals TV. Also, if you want to listen to this show and you miss some of it, baby, we got you. We got you. You can listen to this show wherever you get your podcast. All you got to do is put in the name of the show. All right. It's time to listen, laugh, and learn. It's the Amanda Seals Show. And shout out to everybody listening across the globe because the beauty of having a podcast is that it's a global entity Mm -hmm. and I know that we don't just got Americans listening so actually I would love for you to call us up and tell us where you're at London Mm -hmm. London town cheers (laughs) this is the Amanda Seals show it's Amanda Seals here with Jeremiah like the Bible and uh, normally this would be politicians say the darndest things Mm -hmm. but really today it's just murderers say the darndest things Chicago the musical, y'all. He had it coming is what they're trying to say was the case with Jordan Neely. But we all know that that is simply not the case at all. So Daniel Penny, who we now know is the person who took the life of Jordan Neely, Mm -hmm. who was an unhoused black man that was on the subway train. And, uh, you know, in in the last few weeks, they've raised like two million dollars for this man. You know, there's been all this type of support saying that he is a hero. He's an ex-Marine. He was putting his skill to support the safety of the people on the train, et cetera. Uh, but apparently there's a a quote that has been released. Yes, he did a, an interview. He did an interview. Mm-hmm. And in in <laughs> in words that didn't need to be said, this is what he had to say. He said. I judge a person based off their character. I'm not a white supremacist. I mean, it's a little bit comical. Everybody who's ever met me can tell you, I love all people. I was actually planning a road trip through Africa before this happened. Say that last part one more time. I was actually planning a road trip through Africa before this happened. That's crazy! Yeah. (sighs) Okay, first of all, 
Anytime you have to disclaimer with, I'm not a white supremacist. We're already off the rails. Right, right. Then he comes back with, I mean, it's a little comical. Y'all, I don't, nothing about this is comical. Like, I don't even know how that word enters into your lexicon when discussing this situation. Who approved this interview? That's the real question. The same person that approves Trump's interviews. (laughs) Fire them. Like, it's just, what are we doing? The last part for me was, I was actually planning a road trip through Africa. So that is the... Non sequitur for I'm not a white supremacist. That ain't it. I was going. I was going to go through the continent. How was that going to turn out? The white people been through the continent all types of ways, <laughs> upholding white supremacy and colonialism. All kinds of ways. He would have been over there and just asphyxiating a giraffe. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the way he was moving his neck at me. Mm-hmm. This is really problematic, um, and it really, to me, really shows that this person really is a killer and he has no remorse. Well, the thing about it is, too, let's just, even though he doesn't need an advocate, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. Let's just hypothetically, you're not a white supremacist. You have not acknowledged the fact, like, nothing you said has has uh, cleared you of that of that side of, of that Facts. Thing. Especially not the I was going to Africa thing. No. At the end of the day, whether it was your intention or not, you murdered somebody on a train that didn't need to be murdered. And I feel like there hasn't been an, an accountability for that. Well, he doesn't think that there was anything wrong with that. Right, I mean, at the end of the right, day, like right. he really does not feel anything wrong with that. He said, Which I can tell you, issue. he said, I can tell you that the threats, the menacing, the terror that Jordan Neely introduced to that train has already been well documented. And I will say this over and over and over and over again. Terror, threats and menacing do not equal Capital punishment, which is death. Yes. Period. And it is definitely not the place of a singular white man on a train and the two individuals, including a brother, who Mm -hmm. helped to restrain this young man. It is not their place to decide who gets to live and die. Period. And I don't think it is being said enough because... I keep seeing people act like this is a movie or something like someone didn't actually die. And the fact that so many people feel compelled to stick up for this man and say, well, you know, it just wasn't cool that this person was threatening us and we shouldn't have to live in terror. You live in terror. Really? Because to my understanding, this was somebody that was yelling about the fact that they're living in terror. You know, that's why we have group chat Thursday and that's why we have Black Joy Friday. Black Joy Friday. Because when it's time to talk about this stuff, like I got to really talk, y'all. I have to really give y'all what it is. And I know that it may be like, oh man, it's Monday. I'm trying to go to work, but you're gonna have to carry this. You're gonna have to carry it with you because this is really what's going on out here. Hit me up, one eight five five Amanda Eight. That's one eight five five two six two six three two eight. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. We're about to head on out of here, y'all. It's the Amanda Seal Show. Me and Jeremiah, like the Bible, been here all day, all day. What do we talk about? We talked about Montana becoming the first state to completely ban TikTok, at least for now. Rick Ross might be the new mayor of Fayetteville next year. Plus, we talked about the House Dems introducing a $14 trillion reparations proposal for the descendants of slave, slaves, Amanda. Might be in you a chat soon. Me Also, we uh, talked about the case of the Karen in Congress. Woo. Yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene running her damn mouth, but it's bigger than that. We also talked about Small Doses Podcast and this week's episode, Side Effects of Diaspora Wars. And we also talked about 
It's my funny and black that went down this week. Right. When Wayne braided that robot voice, and I was like, oh, how wow. do you have a human jukebox in your throat, sir? Whole situation. Whole situation. If y'all missed it, it was a time. It was a time. And you can check out all of this stuff. If you missed this episode, you can go to wherever you get your podcast and pipe in the Amanda Seal Show. All right. All right. If you missed any of the show, you can just catch up just like that. Give us a call, 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. Remember that you can follow us on social media at Seal Said It. Now, coming up on Tuesday's show, we're going to have all your Black Red News. We got the big up. We got the letdown. NAACP issued another travel advisory saying, please don't go to Florida. These people do not want black people down here. Please. Also, I think I'm going to bring out MC Checkaho. You should. He got some things to say about letting your kids fly on the plane and coach while you in first class. All right. We got all that and more Tuesday on the Amanda Seals show. Remember, we are each other's business. When we look out for each other, we lift each other up. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up.